Welcome to MPO Sports Podcast. We thought we'd put together a little bit of a slightly different spin on um, our normal everyday episodes, and we're just going to talk everything combat sports. And in particular, we'll have a look at the heavyweight boxing and some of the recent UFC results. I'm hoping uh, Woody can stay awake for this as I watch him yawning over the other side of the camera. How are you going, Woody? Yeah, no, not too bad. Yeah, you, you <laughs> caught me caught me yawning there. That's fine, but I'll try and stay awake for the next half hour or so and see how we go. Yeah, and look, listeners, this will be a short, sharp episode. Um, we just sort of thought we'll trial this and see if um, our listeners prefer that to so provide us the feedback on social media, which we'll discuss at the end of the podcast. And then we might look at um, in the coming week putting something together similar to this for the EPL because there's a fair bit happening there as well. Moving forward, <clears throat> I don't know if um, everyone would call it an upset or not, uh, but Anthony Joshua dropped his titles to Usyk um, last weekend. I think that's the right pronunciation, um, yeah. five fans. Yeah, it is, Alexander <clears throat> Usyk, yep. Yeah, which is rare for me to get that right, so that's a pat on the back for myself. But um, he pretty much schooled Joshua um, on, with a boxing display. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I've, I've, as I've mentioned previously, I'm actually a big Anthony Joshua fan. But um, yeah, this, this result, not completely unexpected, or I wouldn't really cause it, call it a massive upset. It's an upset of sorts because Joshua was favourite. But um, yeah, Usyk um, going into the fight was... Was eighteen and zero anyway, and already held um, a couple, couple of titles. Um, but yeah, Joshua is actually on a bit of a skid at the moment. He's he's gone from being twenty two and zero, and he's dropped two of his last four. So he's now twenty four and two. So um, there was talk of him fighting, you know, lining up Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder and things like that, but. Um, He's probably going to need a few more wins before he gets even close to being anywhere near Fury's radar. Well, I think it's um, quite fair of Fury, especially if he beats Wilder, to say I want nothing to do with Anthony Joshua. There's nothing to be gained for Fury now. No, that's right. It's um, almost two different classes now, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. if, he wants a sh- if Joshua wants a shot at Fury, he's probably, probably got to earn it now, whereas a couple of years ago he would have been in a good position to do that, but but not anymore. I'd say the pendulum swung the other way and um, the Royal Flush is being held by Tyson Fury now. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you look at the judges' scorecards, I mean, it wasn't, mm. wasn't really that close a fight. It was um, pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? Yeah, so the three judges scored at 117 to 112, 116 to 112, and 115 to 113. So, um, yeah, unanimous decision and and um, almost a one-sided fight, really. I'd, I'd question the third judge at the 115, but um, the other two were pretty close, weren't they? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> um, so, as I said, it puts Joshua back in the queue a bit now and... Um, yeah, Usyk now has um, the WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO heavyweight titles. So, a couple of insignificant ones, but still just the same. He's got a couple of significant ones as well. No, that's right. And Tyson Fury has the WBC. 
So he's still got the, he's still got the lineal, hasn't he? Yeah. So yeah, he's um that that that's the obvious <clears throat> next fight for both of them, I think. Now after after Fury <clears throat> gets Wilder out of the way again, um, I think that's a, a big money spinner there, and it just makes too much sense for it not to happen. Correct. Um, which leads into um, the fight next Sunday, the tenth, um, our time, which yep. is Fury versus Wilder. Number three. Number three. Now, <clears throat> if you go on the, the first two fights, you would have to think that Fury would be a short price favourite. But we do know that Wilder's arguably the most dangerous heavyweight because of that one-punch um, knockout power. It's not just the one-punch <clears throat> knockout power. It's just you, you would never show anyone a a fight video of Deontay Wilder and get them to copy his style. Um, he's very erratic. He's very wild, but it, it definitely no works style. for him. In, in fairness, he has no style. No, it's not It's not something that you'd want to um, teach mm. anyone else. Um, so it works for him, though, really. You can't argue with the results. Um, um, I'd, it, it I'd worked argue well it. for him. I'd argue it has worked well for him in the past, but um, as far as most boxing fans would say, Wilder and Fury 1 should have been Fury. Yep. Not a draw. And Fury absolutely destroyed him, and all we heard was every excuse under the sun from Wilder. I thought I was listening to a um, Collingwood supporter after a beating, <laughs> you know, like <clears throat> he seriously came up with every damn excuse in the book. Um I'll use the language fuckwit um, for wearing the headpiece and God knows what that he blamed in the first place for the second fight. Yep. I mean, well, if it's heavy and that sort of bullshit, don't wear it. Don't be a dickhead. Yep. No, that's right. It's, um, it, was, it was, he made it about the show, didn't he really? Rather than worrying about the fight too much. And you know what? The, he may have been tired and he may have been drained from wearing that, but that's really his own fault, isn't it? I genuinely think, or believe, I should say, that um, because of the way the first fight went and there was a questionable um, nine count or eight count or whatever it was, yep. which I do believe Fury was milking and getting a rest before he got up. I, I do think he he was in control of that, but it, whether or not the ref counted slow, whatever. But I actually generally believe Wilder thought he was just going to knock him out this time round. Well, I thought I thought at that point that he did. Um, Fury sort of did his best Undertaker impression, really, didn't he? He did, but I mean, what I'm saying is fight two. I think Wilder genuinely believed that um, he was, was just going to play out that way, and this time he was going to knock Fury out. But what he didn't understand is. As far as technical boxes go in heavyweights, Fury's probably miles ahead of the next technically gifted or technically um, fighter in the heavyweights um, with his glove work and whatnot like that. And I think the difference is with uh, Fury, he, he he goes into every fight with a solid plan and he would have learnt so much from that first fight. What did Wilder do to change things? Bugger all. No, that's right. The thing with Fury, though, is you look at, at the way that his life's panned out and his boxing career's panned out, um, given the issues he's had with with his depression and all that sort of stuff and his time away from boxing, you know that when he comes back in the ring, he's going to give it just 
100% every time. So if, you, if you're in wilder shoes and you come in just a little bit underdone or, you know, you haven't taken your training camp 100% seriously, you're already on the back foot because you just know that Fury's coming at you with everything that he's got and he's just dedicated um, the last few months of his life for that fight. Yeah, the, the other thing is too, uh, I did see an interview um, that he did on social media. I can't, couldn't even tell you who the interviewer was, but um, it was highlighted that rematches with Fury, he usually improves. Um, and let's be honest, he's never been beaten apart from the draw. Yeah. Well, sorry, he's won every fight apart from the draw because he didn't lose yes, the draw. Correct. <clears throat> but um, the the interviewer highlighted that every time he's had a rematch, he's had more control in the fight, we might say, because I, I couldn't go back and say he knocked a guy out or anything like that where he didn't previously. But um, to say that, it just backs up what we just said, that um, he will come in with a game plan for Wilder. And <clears throat> let's be honest, even in the first fight, it took Wilder a long time to be able to get anything on him, didn't it? Yep. <clears throat> did, 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 the one thing that, that uh, makes this... This fight easy to sell though. The only the only blemish on Fury's record is thirty losses, uh, thirty wins, zero losses, <clears throat> and one draw, which is Deontay Wilder. <clears throat> so he's essentially thirty and Deontay Wilder. And then you look over at Wilder; he's he's forty two wins, one loss, one draw. So he's forty two <clears throat> and Tyson Fury. <clears throat> so um, they're each. Each guy is the only blemish on the other guy's record. Yeah. So it's very easy to sell. It's very easy to promote. But as you alluded to, I think um, <clears throat> Fury's going to be a heavy favourite. And just as I look at the odds on sports bet, um, Fury's currently $1.28 and Wild is $3.45. So, yeah, very, very heavy favourite. Well, the way I would measure those two, um, and this will sound ridiculous, but the only one out of those that would have half a chance against a prime Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, I would argue would be Fury. And I'm not saying he would beat a prime Mike Tyson, but um, a, a prime Mike Tyson would destroy Wilder. I don't know if he would find it as easy to destroy um, Fury. I'm not saying he would. Yeah, wouldn't. I think he would because, yeah, Wilder's got a lot of holes. <clears throat> um in his technique. Um, and and one thing Tyson had trouble with sometimes, especially after the jail sentence and coming back, is those guys with the reach of, like, um, Lewis. He couldn't get anywhere near him. Yeah. Um, and I reckon, I believe, that um, Fury would bring a similar problem with the reach. Oh, yeah, but then again, so would Wilder because I'm just looking at the stats now, so... Wilder has a 211 centimetre reach um, and Fury um, 216 centimetres. So they're both massive reaches. The only the only difference is, though, Wilder leaves the gate open. Oh, yeah, he definitely yeah. does. But um, <clears throat> they're also a lot bigger than, than Tyson was even in his... Mm. The, the the heavyweights seem to be a lot bigger now than than they were back then. Yeah, so I suppose that moves forward. Let's so my knees blokes are both six foot eight, six foot nine, yeah. and um, 
Mike Tyson's only five foot ten, so they're Lewis sort of size, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, moving forward, let's predict. Right, um, who who you got for the Fury Wilder three? Before we move on to the next little bit, um, well, <coughs> um, Fury stopped him in round nine. I think it was last time, wasn't it? Just I... off the top of my head. I'll get on the Google and double no, check TKO, TKO, TKO round seven. There you go. Um, <coughs> I would expect he's probably going to finish him quicker this time around. Okay. Well, look, I, I believe Fury will win it. As to what round, I'm not even going to throw off. I'll throw a blanket over it. So let's presume Fury wins. Yep. All right. And then we see um, Usyk and Fury to unite all titles. Yep. What's your gut feeling there? <clears throat> um, look, to be honest, I haven't really seen enough of Usyk to make an informed. I've watched a lot of Fury, but haven't seen a lot of Usyk. So I've, I watched the um, Joshua fight, and I've only seen um, a couple of his his fights from a couple of years ago as well. So I haven't haven't seen a lot of him, um, especially recently. Like he's had. Had a couple of fights in the last few years, but I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I, look, I, I would presume, looking at the side of Usyk, um, that Fury would have a reach advantage. Yeah, and the thing, the thing with Usyk as well, I mean, he he's the, the fights that I've seen of his were when he was at cruiserweight. Yep. Um. So I've seen bits and pieces of the Joshua fight. I haven't watched it in full yet. Um. So yeah, I can't really comment too much about about how he'd go against someone of fury size when i haven't seen him fight at that weight yet well that explain why there's been a few comparisons of Usyk to uh, vander holyfield having come from cruiserweight yeah yeah so, well my, my gut feeling would be if fury gets around wilder um i i believe he would potentially get around Usyk as well but uh and then um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was to play out that way that um, I could see someone like a Fury having that um, big payout against Usyk and then maybe walking away. He's sort of that sort of character, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he would be. Um, and he's not even – it seems like he's been around a long time, but he's actually not even that old. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's just, just been in for a long time. Like, he's only 33, so um, – you're obviously a lot older than he is, and I'm, I'm yes. a little bit older than he is. But he's quite a smart man, and he does know how to sell a fight. He does, and you know what? He's just likable, <clears throat> isn't he? He's he's likable. He's relatable. Well, I, I believe he's. And a he bl- likes he likes Don McLean. Yes, he does, <laughs> and I think he's a blight on Anthony Joshua's legacy as far as a nice guy because Anthony Joshua is a lovely fella. Or seems to be anyway. Yeah. But um, Fury's the sort of guy you'd love to sit down in an Irish pub and have a few pints with. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've we'll mentioned this on an episode <coughs> previously as well. Like, <coughs> just, just as me. far as, you know, the sort of bloke that he is, Fury just seems like mm. he, he trumps Joshua in that mm. respect. But Joshua doesn't seem like a shit bloke himself either. No, just, and funny you say that. Um, the after the fight, Joshua and Usyk were all chummy and it was yeah. great to see that respect. And you know what, if, if, if more, more athletes in combat sports could be like that, it'd be a lot more enjoyable to watch because all this stuff that goes on, all this trash talk and all this, 
stuff in MMA that's going on right now is just a bit of a joke. Well, leading into MMA, because we're, we've done with heavyweight boxing, um, I did see a clip today where um, Khabib was being interviewed by someone. It must have been on TV, something like that. And the goat sneaks up behind him and puts his arm around him and comes out. And I, there was no sound to it, but it was on um, Instagram. And that just showed great respect. Yeah, they're few and far between at the moment, guys like that. A matter of fact, walks. it was on the go- – I think I sent it to you. So you did? Was, yes, and it was on the GOAT's Instagram, so that yep. just shows heaps of respect. Yep. So, anyway, we'll move on to UFC. Um, we, we had UFC 266, wasn't it, last weekend? Yes, it was. And the main event was the Volk versus Ortega. Um, the Volk just – Look, I'll be honest, I had money on the Volk to finish him. And I believe late in the fourth, it might have been, probably could have been stopped by the ref at one stage. They uh, tend to let things go a bit more in title fights. <clears throat> yeah, um, but it didn't help my sports bet account. But um, saying that, um, I, I watched um, most of the fight because it was floating around a few days later on social media in full length. And um, apart from the two or three times when Ortega attempted submissions, the Volks seemed to pretty much be have the fight under control. And That's reflected in the judges' scorecards too, 49-46, <coughs> 50-45 and 50-44. Yeah, and to be honest, if you looked at the two guys after the fight, um, there was a nice even spread of damage to um, Ortega's face compared to the Volk too. Yeah. But that, let's, let's not pretend that Ortega disgraced himself, though. Like, he had some really good moments in that fight, too. Got um, Volkanovski in a, in a rear naked choke that probably would have put anyone else out. Um, and, and Volkanovski admitted that, yeah, he, he struggled and he was almost gone. Um, and, yeah, if you watch it, you see Volkanovski almost goes a different colour. And his eyes are almost popping out of his head, but he some, somehow held on and... Um, it's that fight, it's that grit that um, sets him apart from everyone else and it's something that you just can't measure, can you? No, that's right. Um, I also wonder um, if the reason why he sort of got out um, just when people thought he was done and he even thought he was done was maybe people underestimate his uh, wrestling uh, skills and also his fitness. I just think for the most part, if you look across the MMA fans as a whole, I don't think... He's, he's valued as highly as he should be. Um, he's what got three title defences now or four? Yeah. Um, Max Holloway doesn't help his um, situation. A lot of people still say Max won both fights. And um, I uh, don't, they, I... they need to watch them again mm. and understand the fight game. You can make a case for him winning round, uh, the the second fight. Very, yeah. very close fight. I think <clears> it was round three is probably the, the one that's up in there because I think you had obvious winners um, in the other four rounds. Yep. Um, but, yeah, let, let, let's let start giving Alexander Volkanovski the respect he deserves because when, when Max Holloway was champ, um, they were talking about him potentially being the – the greatest featherweight is all, of all time up there, you know, Aldo and McGregor in those conversations. Um, but Volkanovski's beaten him twice now. 
um, and he's defended the belt another one or two times after that. So for those people that were talking up Max Holloway as the greatest featherweight of all time, mm. um, maybe you have to start putting Volkanovski mm. well, the right other, at the top of that list. The other thing I'll put, the other barrier I'll put up on the Volk is he wouldn't beat a prime, um, a prime, what? Well, Aldo. Aldo. Um, um, who would have though? That, that bloke was <laughs> undefeated for 10 years. Yeah, and look, it's it's like anything. Um, who knows? Even even if he was undefeated for ten years, we don't know because the Volks. Oh, but these are the things that create the conversations, isn't they it? Are. So, but the so Volks it's not a bad tanks, thing. The Volks tanks just unbelievable. It's probably nearly the best tank I've seen in MMA since I've been following it. So, yeah, no, just... he's um definitely <clears throat> definitely um up there. Um, you talk about the greatest featherweights of all time, obviously, but uh, another one or two title defences, and and you got to really put him up even higher on that list, not just of featherweights, but he might be in the mix. Um, pound for pound. Pound for pound, and up, <laughs> up amongst some of the other guys, you know, that you, they talk about Anderson Silva, these sorts <laughs> of blokes. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky is in a position where he could potentially be mentioned in the same sentence as those sorts of guys. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's there yet and he's as good as those guys, but I'm saying that um, he's got a very good good base that he's come from um, and he's established himself quite well now and um, he's still only 33 years old, so he's only just turned 33. So, I mean, there's another good five or six years potentially ahead of him um, in MMA. So who knows where he could end up yeah, and the thing is, too, I think he gets under the radar a little bit, even with his um, com- combatants, because he uh, they don't realise how good his tank is until they're actually in the octagon with him. No, that's right. Let's, let's just look at the last his last five wins. <clears throat> Brian Ortega, Max Holloway twice, Jose Aldo and Chad Mendes. Did he knock, out, did he knock out Aldo? No, no, he won that by decision. He knocked out Mendes. Okay. <clears throat> does he not um, have does he not have the knockout power? Um well it's weird. If you watch him fight, it looks like he lands a lot of bombs, but um for some reason, yeah, he doesn't doesn't seem to get as many knockouts as you would have thought. Especially in the in his in his earlier days he did, um fighting for the Australian fighting championship, um, especially, which I actually seen him fight on there a couple of times. Um, but yeah, he just doesn't seem to to knock too many guys out recently. Do you think that's a lack of power, or is it? Um, well, like, I don't know because he's a he's a big <clears throat> unit. Let's not forget this guy used to be a front rower. <clears throat> um, I think playing for a Rabbitohs affiliate or something like that. Um, yeah, he was semi professional. Yeah, that's right. Um, so he's a front rower, so he's got size and he's got <clears throat> got power behind him, but. For some reason, um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't translate to knockouts. Maybe it's the formula he uses because he does like to try and just overwhelm people. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but um, let's <coughs> just enjoy enjoy watching him while he's around because um, he, he actually does put on exciting fights. And look, his only downfall is he doesn't meet the uh, WWE attitude that Dana loves. I think. No, he doesn't. He doesn't <coughs> have a fake persona or a character that he plays. Um, he just presents himself 
who he is and that's what you get, much like Robert Whitaker, who no one will be a surprise that um, <coughs> mentioned him again because yeah. I, I, I bring him up a fair bit in these discussions. But these are the sorts of guys that I like. They, they respect themselves. They respect the sport. They respect their opponent. And look, as far as respect goes in MMA, I'm another level above you because I'll the, the slightest bit of celebrating until you acknowledge the person you've knocked out, I will cane. So yep. as, as we've had discussions before. Um, moving on. co-main event was Shashenko versus Murphy and yet again sports bet made some money out of me only because I got the round wrong I what, said did round, you go round three I went round two oh, okay because <clears throat> I just thought Shashenko would just go out and overwhelm her from the first bell yeah um but it did end up in the result I thought but uh not uh in the round now Shashenko is is it going to get to the stage where she's going to have to just retire because there's just no one? Well, it seems that way, doesn't it? Because <coughs> she just seems to be um, just cleaning out that division at the moment. And even when she fought JJ, who um, some people thought uh, or believed that she um, might have been competitive and she had to go up to fight her, yeah. um, people forgot that um, in their kicks kickboxing career every time they met, which may have been one or may have been two times, yep. um, that Shishenko beat her I think it was twice, yeah. I think it was, it was twice. They, they, the fight that they <clears> had <throat> um, in the UFC, which is actually was for the belt. I think that was actually their third <clears throat> fight. Yeah. And yet again, it was a comfortable win for Shishenko. Yes, she didn't knock her out, but she was never in any danger, was she? No. No, not at all. And let, let's not forget, she's on an eight-fight win streak, win streak now, and um, so she's she beat JJ, she beat Jessica I, Liz Carmouche, Jessica Andrade. I mean, these are big names in women's MMA, and, and I believe she's she, just she finished Jessica I, and she's no easy one to finish in the women's division either. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, and that one everyone would have seen that that one. That's just where she just lands that. Um, Big head kick and and I just sounds almost like a baseball being struck full swing with a baseball bat and just yeah knocks her clean out. Um, but yeah, at the moment she looks a class above, and there's obviously going to be the talks now about rematches with Nunes and all that sort of thing. But um, I don't think it's really got any relevance. Well, the only winner out of that potentially is Shashenko because she's going to be the one that has to go up. Yep. And, like, if she was to lose again on points, like their first two fights, and I believe the second fight is open for debate, but the first one, a lot of people say Nunes won. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any any <coughs> doubts over the, the first fight, but, yeah, the the split decision in the second fight is definitely controversial. And it, yeah. You know what? It, I'm just looking it up <coughs> now. It was only four years ago, but it seems like a lot longer now, doesn't <coughs> it? It certainly does, and both fighters have moved on since then. Do you really think that either Shevchenko or Nunes has any interest in fighting the other one again? 
Well, it, it makes no sense for either of them, I don't think. No, but some of the average every average day punters would argue it's the only fight to happen. Um, but as I said, I don't. I think the only potential winner out of it is Shashenko. If she's to beat um, Nunes, that's fine. Nunes loses out big time, right? If um, Shashenko loses, she had to go up a weight division. Yeah, that, that doesn't affect her legacy. The ones, the one fighter's legacy that would affect if Shashenko yes, won Nunes. as Nunes, and I, as as great a fighter as Nunes is, she'd know the second fight was friggin' close. Yeah, I don't believe she wants to fight. That's what I mean. I don't think either of them has much interest in the other. Shevchenko probably would more so just because... Um, He's got more to gain out of it than what oh, Ella has. It, it, and it's just a bit of um, bit of retribution um, <clears throat> to get those... those um, avenge those couple of losses. But as, to, as far as the MMA landscape or the, the title picture goes in, in each division, it's... It doesn't make any sense. And actually, there's talk. Um, you might know her name off the top of her head. Shashenko's team, another person from the same gym, um, Olympic judo medalist. Um, what's her name? Uh, Harrison. Someone Harrison. Kayla. Yeah, Kayla, Kayla. Harrison. Yeah. That's that seems potentially the fight for Nunes down for the Nunes, track. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I think uh, Harrison gets a couple more wins. And maybe against a few top fives or at least top ten fighters, she might get the opportunity. And it's interesting that listening to Chael's um, podcast, he even mentioned that uh, Nunes no longer even trains with her because um, the, the word is that Harrison was giving her trouble when they were sparring and that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've heard that as well. Um, but I I don't think um, Kayla Harrison is actually currently signed to the UFC anyway. Last no, year, that's the other in, thing. I think she's still in PFL. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, she's definitely doing good things over there. But she'll get um, to the stage where Dana has to offer her something to come over. Yeah, I don't, think that, I don't think that's far off, really. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, she still is in PFL. She actually so, had a fight only about a month or so ago. And won um, comfortably again. Yeah, TKO <clears throat> four minutes into round one. Um, but she's now 11-0. and 0. And um, I think Chael Sonnen, if you listen to his podcast as well, he's um, a big fan of Kayla Harrison's as well. Um, and I don't think that Dana can ignore her for too much longer. No. Um, look, and as we said, she'd have, she'd have to be signed up with UFC and have a couple of wins first before that could happen. So you're probably looking at 18 months to two years from when she signs on, depending on how the fights go, aren't you? Yeah, but you look at who's who's going to really trouble her. Do you think? I don't. I don't know that there's too many. Um, the only the only one that might is if it stays stand up, our um, gatekeeper in that division, or in one of those divisions, which is um, Holly Holm. Yeah, but she's on the way out as well now. <clears throat> oh, she is, but she still would be a dangerous fight for Harrison first up. Yeah. Uh, just purely on the fact is, if it was turned out to be a striking match, it could be an upset. Uh, yeah, potentially. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't don't think she'd cause <clears throat> too many dramas, to be honest. 
Well, it just depends how the fight goes. If um, Harrison, in my opinion, took it to the ground, it'd be all over Red Rover. But if it turned into a bit of a boxing um, stouch, Holly Holmes yep. every chance of beating her. One one fight that would be good if you got <coughs> Taylor Harrison across is um, pit her against um, our girl Megan Anderson straight up. I think that that would have appeal. Megan, that's unemployed now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she is too. Maybe maybe Cupcake might be the one. Yeah, well, she'd, she'd need <clears throat> another fight, wouldn't she? Yep. Yeah, Cupcake definitely needs another fight. And I think she's got aspirations of trying to challenge again. So that would be a good first-up fight, really. Well, tell, it would tell you where both of them are at, wouldn't it, straight away? And look, Cupcake certainly looked better than what she did towards the end of her last stint in the first fight back. And I believe um, she's had a few changes in life that would have helped her mindset. And yep. I think she's changed up her training quite a bit too. So, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> which is good. So I, I guess the other thing that's consistent um, when we talk MMA is pa- uh, fighters' pay or lack of, or lack of. And I did see an interview which I did forward to um, our chat group where Dana's calling um, Oscar De La Hoya every name under the sun. They call him a liar and pointing out that um, Oscar's last um, pay-per-view, he paid the fighters less than what Dana paid and rubbish like that. I don't know enough about How much of that's true, though, because we know how (coughs) spiteful Dana can be. Um, So, and not that I'm a big fan of this guy, but Jake Paul, I'm not a big fan of his, but I'm a big fan (coughs) of what he's doing um, in terms of, and I'm not not a fan of such of the, the... the fights where he gets these, you know, almost washed up MMA guys to to mm. box with him. But every time he does that, he just calls Dana out on paying them so poorly and says, "This I do this because it's the only way these guys are going to get paid. Um, and next, Dana next, hates him for it. The next uh, fight for Paul is probably against another ex-MMA guy who's actually showed a little bit of technique and that'd be Anderson Silva. That's the next fight to make for him. But I bet you he doesn't make it because there's a danger he might actually lose. Yeah, no, he's not gonna not gonna um <clears throat> especially when it's his promotion putting up the money, he's not gonna jeopardize himself losing, is he? No, and there's every chance of that. But also- like when like when um when he fought um Mayweather, people went, Oh, you know, he, he <clears throat> took him the distance and uh, there was no way that they were gonna gonna allow him to get knocked out on a on a promotion that they were putting up the money for. And but the one thing I like about him is every chance he gets, he calls Dana out on the fight. And this is the thing. So if you look across, Dana always talks about how, you know, he wants to be as big as the NFL and the MLB and NHL and, you know, rather than it be the big four sports in, the, in America, make it the big five. Well, the big four sports actually pay their fighters at least 50% of their revenue um, and the UFC sit around 14%. Well, another thing that um, Dana doesn't do is he doesn't look after guys when the money wasn't um, around even years ago that are now got obvious um, health problems. Um, What's been put in place to help Chuck Liddell's and guys like that? See, I don't know that it's it's his responsibility as such because if you if you leave your workplace 
for whatever reason. It's not their job to um, look after your health in in your retirement. But in, well, in a sport like MMA, um, where there's money there to be paying guys so they can financially secure themselves later on and there's a higher chance that you're going <laughs> to need some pretty intense medical care later on, um, the, the finances are there within the business to pay these guys enough so they if they're smart enough they can put that money to the side but Dana's all he's interested in is lining his own pockets See, and I, he's I, very arrogant about it too I'm, I'm a fan of the um, model we got for the AFL as far as um, what the AFL Players Association has set up for players that have retired with um, mental health issues from concussions and things yep. like that. I'm, I, I'm actually a fan of something similar like that for um, MMA uh, in particular because uh, they don't get the money that the boxing do. Yep. So until, until they pay them, you know, um, comparable dollars to the boxers, yep. I think there has to be a system. Yeah. Oh, there's just got to be a better way. You can't. Mm. Like at the moment, I think the minimum pay is about maybe fifteen thousand um, dollars. You can't you can't call yourself the world's biggest mixed martial arts organization and you know pay guys only fifteen grand and get them to fight three times a year. So maybe they're earning forty five grand before expenses. And then um, you take expenses and they're actually bankrupt. Yeah, that's right. <coughs> and it's just really you look at that Cheyenne Burns a few months ago. You know. Um, she got the $50,000 bonus, performance bonus. Um, without that, she'd still be broke. And even now, I'd guess most of that money's probably gone already because these these fighters get themselves into so much debt for their chance. And then when they get there, Dana just shits all over them and treats them like shit. Yeah, and look, um, the thing about it is, though, too, back in the day when UFC first started, What's happened? I'd like to see a bit of roadmaps done on what's happened to those guys that put the you know themselves on the line on the line for that it, sort of stuff. Yeah, it's a bit different there because <clears throat> when it's the same as any sport when it starts out and it's establishing themselves, there's not the money there. So the the point is, there wasn't money there to pay them like there is now. Mm. But the fact that there's money <clears throat> there now means you should be giving up that. People don't tune in to watch Dana White at a press conference. They tune in to watch the fighters. They're your major revenue stream. That's why we buy pay-per-views. That's why people buy merchandise, all that sort of thing. So start rewarding them financially. They're the ones putting their bodies on the line, and some of them are, I would say some of them, most of them, uh, um, can't even make a living off it. There's a lot of them that have to have a second job, which is absolutely ridiculous when there's the money there to do it. Talking about Dana White and um, our podcast love for the man. Well done, Mark Hunt. I'm glad that you had a win in the courts because that was complete bullshit the way that played out with Lesnar. And that just show, demonstrates again the um, dodginess of the operation that Dana runs at just times. Just the arrogance of the bloke too. <coughs> yeah. so, so for those that don't know, Mark Hunt fought Brock Lesnar a few years ago when he lost and... Um, he's now taking the UFC to court over um, his, his alleging, we'll say alleging, um, for, because it hasn't gone through the court yet, but um, that he agreed to fight Brock Lesnar, but he didn't agree to fight Brock Lesnar on steroids, which yeah. the, 
that the UFC knew that he was on the gear. And to be honest, a lesser fighter than um, Hunt would have got knocked out in that fight the way it went. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, yeah, good on him for standing up. And um, and he's not doing it for himself. He's not doing it for money. He's doing it for the future fighters as well. And, look, there's been um, allegations to why GSP just walked away and things like that. And he was always a, a big... He was a big um, advocate for um, no juicing too in his career, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. So the, the big re- one of the reasons, um, and obviously he's never spoken about it, but there's people that are close to him and there's information that comes out. He walked away because of the drug culture in the UFC or in MMA. I'll and he was dead against it. I'll speculate for a sec. Do you believe that might have been one of the reasons why the uh, Anderson Silva versus GSP fight never took place? Um, no, I don't think it's got anything to do with that. I think um, the reason that never took place is those super fights um, and and cross-division fights were never really a thing back then. I just sort of thought it might have been a, something that we weren't aware of because GSP's been adamant about it for a long time and let's face it, towards the end, Anderson got caught out. Yeah, he did, but I, <clears throat> I, I don't think it really had... Had much to do with that. It's probably a classic case of um, Anderson fought in the hot, in the heavier division, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, I would I would say um, it would it was, be hard to drop a division if you're on some juice, wouldn't it? Yep, and also being in the heavier division for that fight to have taken place, he would have either had to lose weight or GSP would have had to stack it on. Yeah, and let's be honest, um, if it had been anyone. Anyone a bit younger that he had a, had that uh, middleweight fight, GSP, instead of the Baron, he would have um, probably found it a bit harder to win the middleweight title. <clears throat> as great as a fighter as he is, but anyway. So, what's going on with the uh, breakaway? Do you think that's going to have enough traction to t- take off? Well, you'd <clears throat> hope it would. So, I think Ariel Helwani broke that news. Um, that there's a, a consortium getting together to, to have, a, have a league for MMA fighters. Um, and their, their plan is to... One of the big things is, obviously, they'll have a former... Uh, essentially, a player union or a fighter union. Um, but they'll guarantee that the athletes earn a minimum of 50% of revenue. Um, which will be interesting to see how it plays out given how we know um, the UFC do their contracts. They sign, sign, they don't sign guys for three or four years. They sign them for so many fights. And then if Dana cracks the shits at him, he just won't give him a fight and he's still held to his contract. He might have two fights left. Dana doesn't give him a fight. So he's still contracted to them. And I think Nate Quarry, no, Nate Quarry maybe? can't remember who it was, but someone who hasn't fought for 12 years and is long retired, he's actually got two fights left on his UFC contract, so he could never actually go and fight for another promotion. And this this is a typical thing when, like, I know you've got a few other promotions out there, but the one that gets all the interest from the public is the UFC. How often do you hear a casual say um, UFC is the sport, not the promotion? Yeah, all the time. 
Yep. So my point is, it's almost like Dana's got a monopoly at the moment. So oh, they know, do. Well, they 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 bought out Pride. They brought out Strike Force. And I know you've got you know Bellator, but they tend to be a retirement home, so they're not really pushing too much. So he's got a monopoly until there's competition. Um, it's almost it's almost like um, Vince McMahon with the WWE. Yeah. And now with Tony Khan with the AEW, there's, they're not going to be a, a side-by-side competition, but as another option. At yeah. the moment, you would argue there's not an option unless you're um, nearly at the end of your career to go to Bellator. No, that's right. Um, I think <clears throat> as far as other promotions go, um, I think Bellator is actually not that bad. Um, you don't have a lot of big names, obviously. You get some of the the UFC guys out of their prime that come across um, and <coughs> sometimes, you know, younger fighters will make a name for themselves and switch over. Um, so there's definitely a clear number one in terms of UFC. That's where the most talent is. But there's enough talent in Bellator and there's a lot of talent over in one yeah. as well. So I think if anyone's going to challenge UFC, it'll be one, but <laughs> they've got a massive, massive Asian market. Um, if they there's could a few rule North differences America, too. There is, yeah. Um, but from all accounts, you hear guys that have gone over there like um, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, and um, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez, um, they say that they're treated a lot better mm. um, by Chatri Sitchidong, who's the, the owner of, of one over there. They said that, um, yeah, he <coughs> is definitely a lot better to work for than Dana White. But, but, you're, but you're over in the land of martial arts, so that's you, would, right. you would expect that, I, I think. Yeah. Um, the other thing with Bellator, I know that's caught your eye and you don't mind, is that they're not afraid to put up a tournament um, no, for, that's, for a title. <laughs> no, that's very good. I like how they do that. And they, they've done that for a long time, and I hope they continue to do it um, because it gives, gives fighters... Um, uh, some sort of chance for recognition or um, for stardom, for lack of a better word. Um, they, they just pick who they think at the time are the top eight fighters in that division and then they just do a round-robin tournament um, to get to the end and, and um, the guy that wins leaves with the belt and a million dollars. And that's almost not necessarily prize-wise, but that's going back to... You know, UFC one, two, three, etc., like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, but I think um, the only difference there was there was no weight divisions, was there? It was just um, no, there wasn't. No, there was no weight divisions for a while, and that's where we um, ended up with some legends that we um, but, still talk about. Yeah, it's obviously a bit different because <laughs> that was that was round robin tournaments in one night, where these are stretched out over over the year. Yep. Now, the UFC, um, which I, we didn't have this written down, so I might get you on the hop here. Um, I believe the UFC in the last week to two weeks announced some new inductees into the Hall of Fame. GSP was one. Yep. My other favourite man, Bass, was one. Yep, Bass definitely was one of them. Yep. yep. Now, are those two worthy of it already? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, my next question is, should John Jones have been let in? Um, no, and I'll, I'll, I don't think it's because he doesn't have the resume. I think 
if you look across the way that Hall of Fames are done across every other um, reputable sport is they don't induct them into the Hall of Fame while they're still active. Um, Technically, it's usually a post-retirement. <clears throat> well, he hasn't retired either. And he keeps saying that he's he's active and he wants to fight. So um, I don't think, yeah, for that reason alone, I don't think he should be because I think it should just be in line with all the other ones. You, the Hall of Fame is a is a post career acknowledgement, um, but yeah, you look at some of the the news articles around about John Jones as well. Um, he might be in the USC Hall of Fame, but he certainly hasn't passed any character test. No, and that was what where I was going because, like, for example, I know other areas of professional entertainment that have Hall of Fames. I'm referring to wrestling, obviously, that yep. um, even the immortal Hulk Hogan was removed from the Hall of Fame because of indiscretions after he retired. Yep. So yep. the question is, should he have even been given a... If he was retired, I'd argue he shouldn't have been put in. Um. Yeah, but what? So he's obviously had the the drug suspension. There's also the allegations. I think I believe, and I say alleged because yep. tell me if I'm wrong with the information I read. But there was allegations that he may have got physical with girlfriends. Yep. So that's the thing. The allegations. So if he was if he was in his retirement now, um, and you're in doing inductees based on their their fight resumes, I think. Um, you could make a case for it because it's only alleged, but you'd be very careful not to while it's still going through the process. Um, but yeah, at the same time, where there's smoke, there's fire, isn't there? Yeah, and there's also been other situations that you can't deny being pulled over by police in cars, and- crashing cars, and <coughs> that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, very, very interesting, but. As far as just his his work in the ring or the octagon goes, then he's definitely worthy. But I, I'm not a fan of guys being inducted into any Hall of Fame while they're still technically active. Yeah, no, fair call. But um, I was certainly happy with two of the inductees anyway. I thought uh, that was very fair. Uh, finally, just before we go... Should um, Mr. Diaz just walk away after the results? Um, no, I think he showed enough, I think. Um, he did quit sort of, and there's some people saying that, you know, it's not right to use the, the, the term quit, but that's, a, that's, that's what he did. He refused to continue on with the fight, so technically he quit. Um. But he spent a long time out of the ring. He's 38 years old, um, so he's probably got a few fights left in him. But ring rust is a very real thing. Let's not forget that. And ring rust is very real, especially when you've spent over six and a half years out of the octagon. Yeah, the only guy that doesn't show rust when he comes back after a long period of time off is probably arguably the GOAT, GSP. Um, yeah, Dominic Cruz went okay too. He had a, a big layoff after he did an ACL one time. Um, but yeah, I think that there's definitely enough interest in Nick Diaz fighting a couple more times. 
I think in general, um, America, which is obviously the biggest um, population that buy the pay-per-views and that, um, just love the Diaz brothers, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. They're um, they they rel- relatable to a lot of people. They um, haven't come from any privileged sort of background. They've had to work their way up. Um, and yeah, they've they've um, not been given any handouts along the way. They've they've worked for everything that they've got. That they have. Well, I, I believe now we've come to the end. Um, I, I just hope uh, people enjoy a little bit of a discussion around combat sports and look forward to uh, tuning in to us for a bit more of a um, EPL discussion in the coming week. And just on that be good to get some feedback on social media. So what, what do they have to do to talk to us on social media? Um, so over on Twitter, you can find us at NPO Podcast, where um, we do most of our interacting or get most of our feedback from. Um, and also on Facebook, just search for NPO Sports Podcast on there. And if email's your thing, um NPO podcast at gmail.com. We'll even take smoke signals. Just, um, just carry pigeons, whatever. Yep, just engage with us. And um, funny enough, though, the Facebook page has been getting a bit of life lately. Um, quite a lot of life, actually. But um, that, that's mostly due to our um, NFL, NFL talks and posts and discussions. But, yeah, we... Um, we appreciate any feedback on any sport, really, because um, between you – know, Jeremy's not with us tonight, but between the three of us, um, there's probably not a sport that we don't follow. No, and also, listeners, myself, Jeremy, and Woody might join us. I don't know if it's his cup of tea, but at some stage we'll tackle a bit of um, analysing where the world of professional wrestling's at with um, WWE and AEW because that seems to be a growing – competition slowly so for those that don't mind a bit of sports entertainment that might be up your alley in the meantime uh we'll be handing this recording over to josh watson to do his lovely brilliant editing skills and he will utilize zaggy 2's tunes and i believe woody um what's your favorite word that you like to bring up in the soccer world well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually flicking through my KO today and um, I actually did catch a little bit of the uh, Borussia Dortmund and Borussia Mönchengladbach game. So thank you for bringing that up. No, I thought I'd better um, dangle the carrot and see how we go. No, anyway. no it just wouldn't, wouldn't be a real episode without me dropping their name, would it? No, it wouldn't. So stay tuned. Give this one a listen and feel free to look out for when we release the EPL one. And Woody may drop that uh, word again. Anyway. There's a very good chance. Anyway, it's goodbye for myself. And uh, it's goodbye from myself as well. And hopefully next time we are joined by Jeremy and hopefully Josh to talk everything EPL and maybe a little bit of A-League. Until then, stay safe and enjoy your freedom or enjoy your lockdown as much as you can. 